All right, welcome into the MAC Tournament Special Edition podcast. This is Chase Bachman alongside Shane Nissen. We are talking day, I guess it's three, day three now of the three, MAC yeah. Tournament. It started on Wednesday. They're playing Friday, and, and as of this recording, uh, they're, they're done. Like, they're, they're, you know, they, they played their semifinal game. They're moving on to the championship. You know, most people that are listening to this probably already realize that. Yes. Um, Jane, what did you make of that game? We saw them take down Buffalo. 80-67 to 67 was the final score. And they really gave it to Buffalo in a way that I, I think, you know, we were – we knew that they had the capability to do that, but we didn't think that they would win so convincingly. Well, it was just the, the way they shot the ball. I mean, they shot the ball at an incredible clip. I mean, anyone that watched that game, I mean, they just – I mean, it was basically – they shot 48%, which, I mean, realistically is basically they sh- half the time they were shooting a three, it was going in. And that's just an unreal number, and it's something that's really hard to prepare for if, if, you're, if you're Buffalo. Add to the fact that Ayesha Fair did not have a great game. I think she went something like 6 of 27 uh, from the field. Uh, she, she ended up with 20 points. She got a couple garbage time points at the end there and, and stuff like that. But, I mean, she, she, she was in single digits for – a majority of that game uh, really going into the, uh, the third, the fourth quarter, I believe she, she only had eight points. So those were the two big things. I mean, and we talked about that, uh, you know, uh, on Wednesday night that, you know, they had to, you, you had to kind of slow down the age affair. Um, and, and I talked about, you know, making sure no one else uh, really did anything uh, for, for Buffalo. And they did that on defense. Uh, Alyssa Brett, she's going to get a ton of credit for, for what she did. Uh, just looking at the, the box score, 20 points, 13 rebounds. I think she had three assists as well. But what she, I think, you know, beyond all that, I think her most important, you know, impact on the game was her defense and the, the defense that she played on Aisha Fair. I mean, Aisha Fair was taking some really tough shots. It wasn't just like, you know, th- there were some shots that Buffalo missed that, you know, maybe were open and she should have made. But Aisha Fair, there was a lot of tough shots that, you know, through the lane that, was just because of Bowling Green's defense that, 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 that was forcing her to take those shots. And that was the key to this game. That was why they were, were able to keep a lead. Buffalo is a good team. Uh, they, they, they stayed in it really the entire game, really the entire game, even with Bowling Green um, shooting as well as they did. But I mean, when you get a Bowling Green team that plays as good a defense as they do, nine in and nine out, that's one thing that's just been really consistent with this team. They've always played good defense. It's the offense that's kind of in the in the games that they've lost, let them down a little bit. And when you get a team like Bowling Green, the way they play defense, shooting fifty percent basically from three, I mean that's going to be really really tough to beat. You know, we were talking, you know, pretty much from the beginning of the game. You were texting back and forth, mm-hmm. and you said, you know, imagine thinking that BG was going to get boat raced, and then they yeah. come out super aggressive. You know, I think at one point it's like nine to four and it's like, oh man, they really came out. You know, I think you were watching the same thing as me. They really came out aggressive. Like Mm -hmm. they came in locked in and it was so, I I asked Freilich in the end, it was so different than what it was last week where they come out and it's the slowest start that they've had all season. And they came out with a fire and a purpose. And it was so cool to see them come out just, nailing threes like from the beginning it wasn't like they had a streak where they did really well from three like throughout the whole game 48 percent from deep like they just came in like locked in 
and just freaking nailed it. I mean, it's insane. It's it's insane what they've done all season. No one like you know we've said this time and time again. No one no one expected it. No one uh, outside of that locker room really expected to see. And I don't. I'm not even completely sure that they expected this. You know, uh, they know they were young. They know the, the women's basketball. I mean, I believe in the last NCAA tournament that we had, obviously. Uh, didn't have one last year because it's a COVID, but two years ago, I believe Central Michigan and Buffalo both made that that uh, uh, the or NCAA tournament. So, I mean, this is a, a team that has or a conference in the MAC that has recently been a two bid league. Um, and Bowling Green has come out here with three freshmen and a sophomore in the starting lineup and just taken over the league. Uh, and it's just been amazing to see. And you know, you said about them getting boat race. And the reason I said that, you know, imagine them getting boat race just because, you know, I imagine thinking they were going to get boat race because it's just so, I just think it's anyone that's watched this team over the course of the year. I, you know, I wasn't sure. I thought that Buffalo, I mean, honest, to be honest with you, I, I didn't think, I, I wasn't sure that Bowling was going to win. In fact, I thought Buffalo probably would win. I thought Buffalo was just, you know, it's just a really talented team. Aisha Fair, I think, is the best player in the MAC. Uh, Seahawks is obviously won the MAC Player of the Year, but I, I, I think Aisha Fair is the best player in the MAC. And you know, this team, uh, you know, but I, I think it's just completely unrealistic, almost ignorant to the point to, to say that you you think this team's going to get blown out uh, by almost anyone at this point. I mean, the way this team this team plays defense and the energy that this team brings, I mean, they're going to stay in the game with a lot of teams and I don't want to say every team because of course, you know, there's the Yukons out there that that's a completely different level, but like, I, I think it would be hard for a lot of teams in, in the country really to just completely blow this team out of the water just because of the way they play defense, the way they defend, it's just going to keep them in almost every game they play. And you saw that today uh, and realistically this game while it was kind of close, it almost never felt like it was that close. I mean, there were stretches there where Buffalo would get it down to four, but it just always felt like Bowling Green kind of had control of the game. It never really felt like the momentum was swinging towards Buffalo, and uh, that's just a, a credit to, to, to how well and how, you know, how much attention this team brought out uh, from the get-go in this game. Yeah, they really played locked in, you know, yeah. from the beginning to the finish. Uh, you know, we compare that to last night where the men played for, you know, huge chunks of it. You and I said they looked kind of disinterested, not the women. They came out. They were ready to go. Um, you know, you alluded to, you know, the NCAA tournament, you know, Bowling Green, you know, has not had the championship pedigree the last decade that, you know, Buffalo, Central Michigan, you know, this this can be a two bid conference. Uh, sometimes when you have really good teams that don't necessarily win uh, the MAC tournament, you know, you could have made a strong case if Bowling Green lost today that they could still make the tournament. I think I saw in the net rankings last week, they were 60. I mean, that's good enough to be, you know, one of the 68 teams in the tournament. You know, it, this is a really strong team that's played a strong schedule. They haven't had the championship experience, at least not yet. I mean, we'll see tomorrow, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a strong team that absolutely has a, a case to make it. Um, something else we were talking about, uh, Kenzie Lewis goes down with an injury. It looked like maybe it was her arm at first, and we find out it's her left leg. She gets, uh, you know, helped off the court, and we think, oh, man, you know, this is uh, just like yesterday, just like Wednesday. 
with uh, Lexi going out, you know, except it, it could be even worse. It seems like, you know, Lexi at least came back, you know, some ice on her shoulder. And, and we thought, well, you know what, she's probably done for the tournament. And then she ends up coming in today. She's in warmups. It's like, oh man, you know, where did that come from? But she played so really we, well. She played incredibly she played really well. It wasn't even like a Justin Turner situation who had a yeah. whole week off. Mm-hmm. And then he ends up playing at, at probably 25% of the player he was, you know, finished with six points yesterday. Um, it, just crazy to not only come back from injury two days later, but to play at such a high level. And then the Kenzie Lewis fears are quelled almost immediately. Like, I mean, it, it was on a scale of Paul Pierce to Alex <laughs> Smith for the, you know, Washington football team, you know, yeah. coming 18 later. I mean, this was about as quick as a turnaround uh, for a, an injury as it could possibly be. I mean, she was out for what, five minutes, Shane? Yeah, it looked bad too. I mean, going off the court, I thought it was going to be worse than what Fleming had because she, she, she had to be helped off the court. She, she's like a lot of times you see an injury like that where, you know, she comes back five minutes later, you know, she's able to walk off the court. She just got banged up, you know, but they helped her off the court. I, I'm assuming it's just out of caution in case there was something really wrong. They didn't want to mess it up anymore. But it seemed like this one was even worse than the Lexi Fleming at first because Lexi Fleming yeah. was in pain uh, and she went back to the locker room. But like, it seemed like there could be something seriously wrong with Kenzie Lewis. And then she, she comes, comes out uh, and plays and was a really big contributor in this game late in the game. I mean, uh, did a lot of what the same things uh, that she did yesterday was she got to the foul line quite a bit in that fourth quarter. Uh, she came up with a lot of hustle plays, a lot of offensive rebounds. And, yes, and uh, that's so important you bring that up. The rebounds yeah. were absolutely huge. I texted you. I was like, we need to talk about how important these rebounds are. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that their offense would have been good enough that I think they were hitting enough shots that didn't ultimately matter the, as much as the three-point shooting. Mm-hmm. But just the fact that she skied in there, and Alyssa Brett, too, I mean, yeah, finishes her, the her lead with 13 point or 13 rebounds. Is just crazy to me. They gave them so many second chance opportunities. I don't know how many points we scored off second chances, but I mean, just the fact that, I mean, psychologically that has to wear down on Buffalo. Just the fact that they, they weren't winning the rebound battle. I think the way that they were hoping to, because it's a lot of really, it's six, three, six, two girls, really athletic, long arms, you know, good defensively, you know, girls that, you know, could potentially you know play in the WNBA. I don't know that BG has that kind of talent, but the fact that they were outworking them for 40 minutes just really speaks to how incredible, uh, you know, the job coach Freilich has done. And, and, and Katie Hempfling's playing, basically playing a center. I mean, they, they realistically have four guards out there and right, I, mean, I, I believe lineup. Katie, Katie Hempfling, I, I remember correctly was listed as a guard last year. I think she's listed as a forward this season, but I believe last year she was listed as a guard. So I mean, it's a very small lineup, like you said, and the way that they're able to win the rebound battle and the way they've been able to win rebound battles all year is just because they just out-hustle teams. Like, they just want it more. They, they, they're physical. It's it's really refreshing to see a team from Bowling Green play like this, uh, a woman's team from Bowling Green play like this, because we haven't seen it. We, ha- we have not seen this uh, since we've been here oh, no. at Bowling Green. Nothing close. And it's just really refreshing to see that, and then, you know, you mentioned Kenzie Lewis, and and I sent you after you, you, I told you after you, you mentioned Kenzie Lewis, but you know she was one part of it. But there's just there were so many players in this game that came in impact. I mean, Claire Goniak, she only had six points, but she was a huge part of that third quarter. She had five straight points all on her own, uh, and Olivia pushed Trice. the lead, pushed the lead to, to twelve. Oh no, Olivia Trice only had two. I thought I don't think she had a three. Um, 
but she, I mean, Olivia Trice was uh, in there for, for, for moments, and, and she had a big game. Madison Parker, we already mentioned her. I mean, she was just raining threes. Uh, she, she had a really good stretch there in that first half. And, you know, that's just the beauty of this team is that there's – it's not just one person. I mean, Lexi Fleming ended with 16. She only had four in the first half. And, you know, and that's just because of what this team was able to do uh, offensively. And they – they like, the ball movement – that this team normally has ball movement, but, but today it just seemed to be on another level uh, for this team. The, the passes they were making – I mean, there were points – in the offensive where it just it seemed like the ball never hit the ground it never stopped until someone you know you found, found, found it didn't the right hit the ground until there was a jump ball in yeah. which there were many according yes. to the referees yeah yeah there were many jump balls according to referees but I, i'm just it's just this team just plays so well and it's a team there's not like lexi fleming's yes their best player but she's not a, a player, you know, that just jumps out to you, like w- when you watch the game, like, like when you watch. No, Buffalo, she's the Steph. Yeah, to to make an analogy, she's the Steph Curry and Golden State Warriors type team. Now, now you probably hear that and think, oh, you know, Chase, they're not the Golden State Warriors. <sighs> Chill out. And, you know, all the extra passes. I mean, that's what the Golden State Warriors were doing 2014, 2015. I mean, they probably passed the ball 300 times a game. I think I saw a stat somewhere. And, you know, Lexi Fleming is just happens to be the guard that I think benefits the most from it. Mm-hmm. But everyone in this situation, in this scheme, is scoring a ton of points on any given night. You know, Alyssa Brett could put up 20. Then it's Nyla Hampton. You know, Angela Perry could have a night where she does really well. You know, everyone's doing super well. Madison Parker could hit four threes. You know, everyone has the chance to be a 20 point a game scorer. And, you know, unfortunately, it's not quite the case with the men. You know, where we said, you know, they're a little more reliant on, you know, a guy like Justin Turner to kind of be the the be all end all. Um, this women's team has a ton of potential because of that scheme. And, and you mentioned like Pat, Madison Parker can hit, can hit four threes. And part of the reason that she's able to do that and she's able to get open because in previous years, Madison Parker found it really difficult to find three point looks because, you know, she, she was she's obviously a great shooter. Teams paid attention to her. But now there's just so many different threats on the floor that it's hard to, to you know, you're going to lose Madison Parker sometimes. She's going to get an open three. And when she gets an open three, she's more than more times than not going to knock it down. Uh, and, you know, it's just that that's the, like that, that's the beauty of this team. There's so many threats on the floor at all times. It seems like whenever, you know, whatever rotation Fraley decides to go with, there, there's five players on the floor at all times that are serious offensive threats. And that includes, you know, Claire Goniak. I mean, Claire Goniak had, a, like, like I said, had a couple of really nice moves in the post, and uh, she, she kind of changes the pace for it for, for them a little bit, able to play a little bit more inside out, which is something they don't really have when obviously you have Katie Hempfling in there, um, and it gives, it gives you know teams a different look, and I think that's kind of the importance there. I, I thought it was interesting that that Angela Perry didn't see the floor um, tonight. Uh, she saw the floor against Eastern Michigan for a little bit. Uh, it, I mean, it, it was Claire Gloniak. Normally what Fraley tries to do with the, with those two is kind of rotate them in and out. Uh, and she, she kind of – Claire Gloniak got the, the majority of the minutes uh, down low. So I thought that was interesting as well. We'll see if uh, Angela Perry sees some, some minutes tomorrow in the, in the championship game. So the MAC Women's Basketball Championship game, that is set. 
Saturday, 11 a.m., another morning game for Bowling Green. You imagine if they win all these games just playing morning games like it's an AAU tournament? I mean, that's what's going to have to be. I mean, it's going to have to be that. To me, that – right. To me, that's such a – interesting kind of you know nugget or the wrinkle mm-hmm. in this story is the fact that they're they're playing all these morning games i don't know i i feel like that to I, me i mean i couldn't believe that they had i couldn't believe that they had uh a 10 a.m game <laughs> like right. when i saw that a couple days ago when i when I, or like a week ago or so when i was looking at the schedule like i, I couldn't believe that it was like really they're they're playing at 10 a.m it's like i, I get like they want to I, I get like i i just figured you know they moved that game to noon and then like it's like most of the conference tournaments you know they have four like they have four games like the big 10 men they have four quarterfinal games and the, the first game started at noon you know and the last game will be end at 9 30 i just thought it's it's really weird of the mac to, to move a game up to, to 10 a.m uh but you know i don't think it really matters with this team when they play i mean they're gonna they're, they're gonna play well well, for the first two days, it was about, you know, the ability to fit all the teams into a single day. You're doing four women's games, four men's games. Mm-hmm. So you got to be able to fit all those in. Well, but it's four now games it's just today, a matter too. of getting right. And now it's just a matter of getting the teams on TV, two games uh, tomorrow, but a lot of championships are happening. The game's going to be on CBS sports network. Mm-hmm. And so that's the time slot that they could be fit into. So it's going to be yeah, that's true. on TV. That, that a lot of people have, are going to see it. That probably has to do with it uh, there too, the time slot. Cause I'm sure CBS uh, has other games uh, set for t- tomorrow. One seed Bowling Green versus two seed Central Michigan. Uh, we look at the last time they played um, at Stroh Center, February 17th. Uh, they won 76 67. Um, Shane, do you remember anything from that game? I, I, I don't really recall that being a, a very competitive, uh, you know, kind of close game the way that we remember the Buffalo game. Yeah, I think. I, I think it, Central Michigan is a good program. We're, we're going to see Absolutely. a good – I mean, they scored 100 points today in the, the, the semifinal game against Ohio. Now, granted, Ohio scored 92. Uh, it went to overtime. Uh, but, yeah, that game was more of a track meet than uh, – Yeah. Like, yeah. And that – I mean, I, I, like, I guess it makes you – it gives you pause when you're looking at that. Like, holy – they scored 100 points, but it's like – if, if if they if they do that against this Bowling Green team, give them give them the the, the NCAA tournament title. I, I just don't I don't think it's possible for for someone to score 100 points on this Bowling Green team. Maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe they'll pull it out again tomorrow. But I think the pace that just doesn't move that way. Yeah, you know what I mean. Freilich just the way that her offense plays, it's going to be too lopsided. Like yeah. Central Michigan could try to push the pace. Freilich's going to walk the ball up. You know, the next time they're going to pass it eight nine times. You know. Katie Hempling's going to drive into the key. She's going to kick it out to a streaking Kenzie Lewis. She's going to go to the glass. You know, they're drawn and one, or they'll just, you know, keep going underneath the basket and find Alyssa Brad on the wing or, or something like that. But it's just going to move at a different pace. Um, I imagine it'll be kind of a, a lower scoring game just because it's a championship game. Two evenly matched teams are going to go punch for punch. And it's going to get probably pretty tiring in that second half that I would imagine, um, you know, stuff like that, you know, the extra pass is going to matter because you're not going to have guys able to drive uh, again, you know, for the you know nth time in a game. Like they're going to, you know, three-point shooting is going to matter. And what's going to be interesting to me is just like it never seemed like Bowling was threatened today just because, I mean, they were making everything they looked at from three-point line. I, I have a hard time believing that they'll shoot that well again. Maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe they'll shoot that well again. But it'll be interesting to me to see how they respond 
tomorrow because they never really had any adversity in this game like we thought they would. Like Bowling Green really controlled this game today uh, the whole way yeah, through. Yeah, I mean, from the first quarter. I mean, like, it, you know, it was kind of yeah. tough. I think Buffalo had the lead for a little bit, but, you know, Bowling Green, you know, they, they were controlling things for, you know, 60, 70% of it and um, at least. And yeah, I'm, I'm uh, interested to see if they, uh, if they, uh, you know, just if they can deal with some adversity because I just have a hard time believing that the shock, it just felt like every time, like, obviously I know they missed shots, but it, it didn't feel like they were missing shots when you were watching that game. Like they, it just seemed like everything was going in, in Bowling Green's direction in this game. I, I don't know if that'll happen against a Central Michigan team. Uh, and I'm interested to see, you know, how, how they deal with that. And I think we've seen enough from them. We'll know that they're going to deal with that that pretty well. So, What do you think was a bigger factor in the win, the three-point shooting by Bowling Green or uh, the number of fouls called? And I, I don't say that to kind of put it on the officiating crew because I, I think they're doing a fine job. They have a tough job to do. But do you think that really kind of changed the the pace of the game and kind of equalized it to a point where Bowling Green took advantage? Well, I, Did I you thought, make that. Yeah, I thought I thought that there were just some odd fouls that they were calling that maybe shouldn't have been called, and then there were some other fouls that they didn't call where it just felt like I don't know how you you didn't call that. Um, I don't think that really had that much to do with the game. I think the way that Bowling Green was shooting, it didn't really matter what the refs did. Nothing was going to slow that team down or, or change the trajectory of that game for Bowling Green. I think so. Yeah. I think the shooting was a bigger deal for, for this team. Uh, I know, you know, Buffalo kind of got uh, the raw end of the stick a little bit, a, a couple of times. And then they had a hemp hill foul out. who's a senior leader for them. Uh, that was like early in the fourth quarter. Um, but yeah, and after that game, it kind of went down. After that, it kind of went downhill for, for Buffalo. But no, I think the way that Bowling Green was shooting, I don't think it was really going to matter what the refs called and what they didn't call. I think you know, that, that team was just shooting so well that it was just going to be really tough. It was going to take, a, you know, you know, Buffalo was going to have to reciprocate that kind of offensive output. And against this Bowling Green team defense, it's just hard to do. And it's why, you know, they're, they're the number one team in the tournament. This would have been a better segment to do when we were talking about, you know, how, you know, even the offensive distribution is for Bowling Green and how anyone could be, you know, the leading scorer on any given night. Um, let's say Bowling Green wins. Mm -hmm. Who do you think is the MVP of the game? That's, that's really interesting. Um, you, you mean MVP of the game tomorrow? Yeah. I, that's impossible to, to say, really. I mean... <laughs> Like, how are you – I mean, I guess you, you'd have to go with Lexi Fleming. Just I, – I get – if you're going to put – if you're going to put odds on it, that, that she's going to be the, right. the top odd just because I mean, she's been the MVP for the most games during the regular season for, for, for Bowling Green. She's been the MVP of the team, uh, you would say. But, I mean, that's just impossible to say. I mean, for, for all I know, Angela Perry could not have come off the bench and scored. 15 like it, it's possible it, it can happen like i mean that right. that what that wouldn't and, it, and the thing is it wouldn't surprise me like she didn't play at all yesterday but if she can come off the bench and score 15 and be the mvp and it, it wouldn't surprise me at all yeah wouldn't that be the most hilarious thing like if you have someone who comes off the bench leading score you know game mvp it's not hilarious and like oh you know look at this person who like isn't normally good but like it's just like man this is so crazy that like we have a team that like anyone 
can be, you know, the player of the game. It's just like remarkable. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I you know, I, I can't, you know, uh, appreciate something like that enough. It's just, to me, that's crazy. If I had to say there'd be an MVP, I, I would think probably Alyssa Brett, just because she's done so well for the last couple of games. I mean, just the kind of do it allness that she does, you know, Kenzie Lewis has that same ability. The only reason I'll discount them a little bit is because of injuries. Although we've seen from today, that doesn't really matter. They seem to bounce back pretty well, but I feel like if anyone is primed to have an MVP uh, performance Saturday, it's Alyssa Brett. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she was MVP uh, today, uh, clearly, but right. Uh, like I said, you know, yesterday, uh, the MV, or the last game, the MVP would have been Kenzie Lewis um, against Eastern Michigan. So, and, you know, I, yeah, it's, it's impossible to really say, but I, I guess I go, I go with Lexi Fleming. Um, she shot the ball very well, but I mean, Madison Parker could hit six threes tomorrow. And, and, and I mean, right. Like, you know, Claire Hampton had, could have four blocks and it would just, you know, yeah, just, Claire yeah, Goniak yeah. could have like three you know, and ones in the post, like, you know, like go Claire like Gloniak 10 really gets, line. Claire Gloniak can really get into a rhythm down low and she, she's a very good post player. So, I mean, she, she, she really is. I mean, she, she has some good moves uh, down the post and, you know, when she's in the game, they like to go to her. And if she gets on a roll, I mean, the, the, like, and the thing about this team is that they will go with the hot hand. Like they will, um, if someone's shooting the ball really well, they will get that person the ball. If, 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 if Claire Gloniak, if Angela Perry is doing really well in the post, they will make sure that person gets the ball and gets touches. And, and that's just the, the, the great thing about the team is being able to reckon, recognize matchups, recognize when someone's just having a great game and, and change the game plan and, and be able to change things around to, to be able to get them the ball and, and help them uh, continue to thrive. Well, they just pass the ball so much that it gets to a point where, okay, we've made like the fourth pass on this possession mm-hmm. and Katie Hempling's, you know, in the corner and she's wide open. So obviously she's going to take it. Like there's no like guessing about, oh, you know, who should have the ball, who should take the shot because it's so obvious when they pass the ball, it's like, okay, well, Lexi Fleming's clearly open. Like she's going to take the shot or, you know, oh, Kenzie's wide open. She'd be a fool not to take that. Mm-hmm. Um, it just becomes so easy. And then, the, you know, on the converse of that, you have people like Madison Parker and Lexi Fleming who will just pull up off the dribble, you know, take like the hardest shot possible and then somehow sink that. So it, it really doesn't make any sense to me. Let's do one more segment. Um, we talked about the men a little bit. Um, yeah. Let's kind of circle back to that for just a little bit. Uh, Coach Huger said, you know, I'm here. I'm a Falcon. I've got work to do. Um, what did you make of those comments? You know, and, and what do you think the future of the men's basketball program is, at least for next season? Uh, it's going to be tough. I mean, we talked about it. Honestly, we thought it was going to have to have to happen this year. I thought that when Justin Turner announced he was going into the portal into the transfer portal, and he's got people like Missouri and Marquette and schools like that after right. him, I thought he was gone for sure. Uh, he, he ended mm-hmm. up coming back and it kind of delayed it a year, but it's kind of been that discussion because even back after his sophomore year, there was talks about, you know, him potentially going to the NBA. And back then it was obviously too early uh, to say. Um, and he, he came back for his junior year, obviously. I, mean, I believe he like, he, he went and like tested, tested out after his sophomore year. He did, uh, he did that thing where they, I don't know what it's called. He, yeah, he entered his name in the draft. Yeah, and, whatever. You know, and, then he, and then he came back. Um, and so that, that's, this discussion's kind of been around for a while. Like, what are they going to do when he's gone? And it basically ended up being he was here for the longest possible time he could be after we thought 
for so long that he was going to leave early, that he wasn't going to be here for as long as we thought he would be. He ended up staying that long, and, and now it's over. And now, you know, there's no chance. I mean, he can't come back. And that that's that's going to be the, the Sugar's main job, is, is finding a way to replace Justin Turner. And uh, finding a, a way to replace Justin Turner. Um, and that, that scoring is just going to be really hard to make up. And, and, and in those other years, it was kind of like you can, oh, well, they, ha- they still have Daquan Plowden. Well, they don't have him anymore either. I mean, he's gone uh, as well. Uh, really, I believe, uh, you know, it's it's Josiah Fulcher and Kane Matheny are going to have to make a big jump next year. I, I don't want to say huge. They're going to have to make a pretty uh, – they're going to have to make a jump from what they were this year. They're going to have to become more of, of the scorers for this team because there's not really anyone else here on this team that – I saw from this year that can score cons- that, that has the potential to, cons- to score consistently other than those two guys. Um, maybe I'm missing someone else, but you know, and so that, that, that that's going to be the, the big thing for this team next year is it's can those guys step up. Can Katie Matheny, Josiah Fulcher kind of take that next step, take that kind of step that we saw Justin Turner take from his freshman to his sophomore year. Um, take that kind of stuff. Maybe not as pronounced how to do that, what Justin Turner did his, his freshman year was incredible, but th- that's going to, what's going to come down to if this team's going to be competitive uh, next year. All right. Uh, we got about 30 minutes out of that. Shane, anything else you want to add? Otherwise I think we can end it off here. No, I think we can end it off here. And I, I just want to say one more thing about the, about the men's team, really. That, that, I mean, that I just watching that game was just, uh, I, I felt like you said that the men played a little bit disinterested at times. Uh, but I felt yeah. like they, um, I felt like they were, I felt like they were really, I thought, I thought they played really well in the second half. I thought obviously Daquan Plowden really put his team in the back there. It's, that, that was just such a disappointing way to send to, for, for Justin Turner's career to end. It, it really was. I mean, to, to have that the team play, because they played well in the second half. There was a moment. There's a part of that second half where I thought Bowling Green, I mean, they're going to win this. I mean, they were, I believe they were up by like two with like four minutes left. And yeah. it just really seemed like the momentum was just swinging towards their side. They were playing really good defense. I mean, some of the best defense we've seen them play all season. And then obviously uh, they had uh, the big guy hit, I can't remember his name, hit the, the two threes that, that really just changed the whole yeah, game. Yeah, Marshall. Yeah, Marshall, he changed the whole game. And it, um, you know, and it's just disappointing to, to, to send Justin Turner out like that. The best player, in my mind, in, in program history, to send him off like that without him really ever getting a chance to, to do anything, to, to be able to say, do anything about it, you know? But Yeah, wow. we only got one, not even one season or one postseason. We got one MAC tournament game out of Trey Diggs. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it's a super big what if that 2020 season. I mean, they're on a four-game skid to end it, so it's probably safe to assume that they probably didn't have the gear to win because that Buffalo team was just so good. But, yeah, I mean, we're always going to be wondering, you know, because if not for COVID, you know, what would this team have done? And, well, you know, unfortunately, this is, you know, the answer that we get. I thought last year was their best chance uh, to, to make right. it to the dance. I mean – Maybe coming into this year, I thought that they had a really good shot, and I everyone did. I mean, they were the number one; uh, they were picked to win the league. Um, 
But I thought last year, even though they were going in, going into that max tournament on a losing streak, I thought that was their best chance. I mean, the the two years when they made it to the championship game against Buffalo, they already beat Buffalo once, but that was a really tall task to have to beat that Buffalo team, and they were ranked. Um, right, it's a really tall task because they'd already beat them once in, earlier in the year. So that's that's a really tall task to ask for, for for a team, a young team in Bowling Green at that point. I mean, I mean, Fry was a junior, Turner was a sophomore. Uh, Plano was a sophomore. That was a really big ask for a young team like that to uh, to beat that Buffalo team. Last year, you didn't have that that that, that Buffalo monster. You, know, you, you had Akron, who was good, but Bowling Green to beat them during the year. Uh, and, and last year, I really thought it was their chance to get to the to, to the dance uh, to, to to the NCAA tournament, and it didn't happen. And just a shame that I really thought that the that Justin Kerner could do it. That he he. If, if anyone could, could take this team to, to the NCAA tournament, it, it would be him. Um, and, and I hope that, I hope that, you know, I saw something on Twitter, like, it's like, you never know when a spark's going to be lit, like with this women's basketball team, maybe next year, you know, the, the, there'll be something, you know, there'll be some freshman that we don't really know about yet come in and just, you know, light a spark on this team, you know, kind of like the freshman for, for the women's team has done. But right now it's just a, a lot of unknown. Uh, for, for that team going into next season. All right. Women play Central Michigan tomorrow, Saturday morning, 11 a.m. for the MAC tournament title. Winner gets to go on to the NCAA tournament in Texas. Shane, how crazy is that? It, it, I, I'm certainly going to try to go to Texas. I don't know about you, but uh, uh, we'll that, see. that's going to be I, I mean, I'm, be sure, fun, man. I'm sure we won't have the same problem as we did here. I, I, I have a feeling they're going to let us in, let, let more, a lot, uh, more people in. Uh, to, to that, to that tournament. So, uh, but I, I think that this team uh, is uh, really, I think that, that I think that this team has like, and you, you mentioned the NCAA at large bitch too, too. Who knows? Uh, obviously you don't want to bank on it, but who knows that they could be in it if they lose too, uh, especially with the dominant performance they had against uh, Buffalo uh, today. But uh yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe I'll think about going down there, but that's a that, that's a uh, that'll be a tall that, that'll be that's a that's a long ways, Chase. That's a long ways from from little old Bowling Green, Ohio. All right, we'll see what's hap- what happens. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow after the MAC championship game, and uh, we'll hear from you soon.